millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Story time. It was deer hunting season and my friend had gone into Santium Lake with his pack mule the day before I went in on my horse to hunt deer for the weekend. It was misty. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Training on my ride in, seven miles. I found his camp and set up my tent on the other side of the campfire from his tent. We looked around a little bit before dark and found somebody else's abandoned camp and picked up the trash they had left. They had also left a giant can of ravioli that was unopened so we decided to eat it to spare the mule having to pack the extra weight. But we didn't eat it all so we left it a few feet away from the campfire in the pot. And went to bed. It quit raining and got clear and really cold. I could not sleep because my feet were freezing and I was so cold in my crappy sleeping bag. Sometime in the middle of the night I could hear the vibration of something with a heavy two-beat walk coming into camp. I didn't move a muscle because I was scared to death. It stopped right next to my tent and I could hear it breathing and soft growling. Sounds and sniffing and smell it not three feet from me. With just this wimpy thin tent fabric between us. I was freaked. I could tell from the sound it was taller than my tent and it got closer like it had bent over for a closer look. I had my rifle right next to me and gripped it just in case it tried to eat me. 
My friend was sound asleep the whole time. It stood there for what seemed like forever but was only maybe a few minutes then walked away and it broke branches as it left. The next morning, I could still smell it really strong. I told my friend about it and he said it was probably just a bear but I know it wasn't a bear. They don't walk any distance on two legs and a bear would have eaten the ravioli. I have never smelled anything like that creature before or since and my mom was a taxidermist for 30 years so I know what the various animals smell like. I am a park ranger at a remote national park, known for its dense forests and rugged wilderness. The peacefulness of the park is broken only by the sounds of the wildlife and the rustling of the leaves. But beneath the tranquil exterior lies a dark and dangerous secret that has been hidden deep within the park for years. One night, as I was on patrol, I heard a strange, guttural noise coming from the heart of the deep woods. Curiosity peaked, I decided to investigate. But what I encountered was far from what I expected. As I ventured deeper into the woods, I came face to face with a massive, unknown predator. Its fur was matted and its eyes glinted with a malevolent hunger. It was unlike any animal I had ever seen before. Before I could even reach for my radio, the creature attacked. I fought with all my might, using every ounce of my strength and training. It was a struggle for survival, with the unknown predator intent on taking me down. I thought I was done, when another park ranger found us, and then creature fled. I soon realized that what I had encountered was far more than just a wild animal. It was a dark mystery, something beyond my understanding, lurking in the heart of the park. And even now, as I look back on that fateful night, I can't help but shiver with a mix of fear and excitement. I had just finished my 10th mile on a trail run through a narrow creek bed with vertical canyon walls on each side, without seeing a single soul. I was a couple miles out from the trailhead when I came around a sharp turn and startled a big mountain lion. It froze momentarily, then jumped into the foliage just out of view. Behind me was about 15 miles of trail to loop back to safety and or course, the sun had just set, and I wasn't carrying water or headlamp. My whole body started to tingle and I started an all-out sprint forward towards the trailhead. I heard some branches cracking as I passed the spot where I had seen it and sent my legs into overdrive, only checking over my shoulder after a few hundred meters as I hit a couple bends in the trail. No sign of the cat. After a mile or so of an all-out sprint I came around another sharp bend and almost leveled a female hiker squatting to pee. She screamed in surprise and fell over as I slowed to tell her what happened. She looked puzzled and in disbelief so I continued the last mile to the trail ahead without seeing anyone else. This actually happened to me when I was a fair bit younger, but a while back I was solo backpacking on an unfamiliar but really lush, kinda twisty little backcountry trail. I was using a lot of gear I had made from natural stuff, and it was early summer so I didn't have any hunting licenses and I didn't have a gun or anything with me. Literally just a short kelt I had made and a couple flint knives. I had had a really nice couple days of my trip and I was encountering nothing but pleasant weather, peace and quiet, and nature in all its glory. Then, on the third day, after I broke for lunch, I noticed movement on the trail behind me. I was carrying a lot of weight in a homemade triangle frame pack as a strength building exercise and I wasn't going all that fast. I thought at first it was a hiker so I made a little effort to slow down to let them pass but they never seemed to catch up. Eventually that started to become irritating, AMD that was when I started to notice the movement just off the trail behind me. It was staying behind trees and bushes and around bends and I couldn't make out what it was. Its silhouette was indistinct and it was staying behind cover, couldn't get a square look at it, but the more I looked at it, the more it looked wrong. The torso was weird, too long, no waist, and I couldn't make sense of the glimpses I got of the head. The legs were extremely spindly, and the arms were hunched up or something, or tented in front of it or something. This was mostly on clay, 
and trails can be hard packed ground on clay, almost drum-like, sometimes you can really hear the thump of a footstep, but these were just erratic, and so loud. Like slamming a stick down onto the dirt. I called out to it a few times, let it know the time for jokes was over, knock it off a few times. Whenever I spoke or yelled it would just get quiet. Every once in a while there would be a crashing sound from back around where I heard it and a bunch of the thumps, and I kept thinking it was charging me, but then nothing, and a while later it'd hear it again from a ways back. This lasted the full rest of the day, and by the time I was breaking for camp I was starting to be pretty freaked out AMD pissed off. It was quiet while I set up my tarp and got settled and as dark fell. I threw some stones behind me, mostly to settle my nerves, and it was silent, so I figured whatever it was was over. When I cooked my food, I heard a few very rapid, very loud thumps from a ways behind me and then silence. I was frozen over my dinner for a few seconds, and I could feel my heartbeat in my eyes. I looked back and put my flashlight beam through the bushes for a few moments and then pretty high, like, taller than I was expecting to look for eyes. I saw two retinas reflect back up and then a bunch of thumps and crashing and a weird gasping, whistling breathing sound, but like it was going into a big space and a big chest. Kinda high-pitched? From the distance I heard kind of a gagging cough. I didn't get any sleep that night, I just sat with my back to a big tree and with means of defending myself in my lap. I was not feeling good in the morning but coffee got me up and running and I didn't see or hear any more sign of it for a few hours. I had been going west, kind of at an angle to the wind, and the trail I had to switch to started going north, with the wind on my back. That was when I started to smell something awful, and I realized that I must be smelling it, because it persisted no matter how long I walked. It was rancid. Rotting flesh or something equally gag-inducing, paired with a kind of musky stink. I've got a strong sense of smell, very strong, and it was making it hard to breathe. Not too long after I smelled that I added her to hear the rustling behind me again and the weird loud faltering footsteps. I still had no idea what it was, I kept getting glimpses of it but couldn't make out color or anything definite. Could have been gray, or brown, or patches of reddish brown. Never got a clear enough look at it. I was really freaked out at this point and I decided, stupidly to charge at it a little to see if it would take off. I stomped and rushed the bushes a little and I heard the rapid thumps and crashing again, and then silence again for a while. I am not ashamed to admit that it had freaked me out for long enough that I decided it was just time to put distance between me and it and I took off down the trail at a fair jog, despite the weight of my pack. I got clear of the stink for a bit and well, I had run too hard and my body decided it was a great time to vomit, so I did. I took a breather for a while, and then started to really drag ass to my next watering spot, a little brook, and it was no fun at all. Took me most of the day to get there and I ended up skipping lunch because I didn't want to stop. I ended up deciding to set up camp closer to the water than I usually do. I was determined to get some sleep, but still freaked out so I decided to do something I wouldn't normally and I set my hammock up really really high. Licks around 4 or 5 feet off the ground, with my feet a little lower than my body so I could roll out and land on them. I ate my food as quickly as I could, and then climbed, best as I could into my hammock and tried to be as still as I could. I started to doze off almost immediately. An important detail is that I keep my pack on another tree with mine cho over it and my bear locker in a food bag even further away hanging in a tree. It had been drizzling for a few hours at that point. I don't know how long I slept before I was woken up by this bizarre plasticy drumming sound. Really really loud, paired with the bizarre thumping and weird breathing and the stench was back big time. It took me a moment to come to and then I was in full fight or flight. The noise was so weird. It had one of those little inflatable lanterns hanging off my hammock so I flicked it on and I could kinda vaguely see around me, the bushes and stuff. As soon as the mite went on, the noises all stopped silence, long enough for crickets to start up their bullshit again. 
Then rapid steps and the thing popped through the foliage into the little area I had set up my tarp and hammock and I could see it more clearly for the first time. It was long torsoed and thin-legged and moved lurchingly. Weird too big head apparently pierced through with a branch or something and lolling, arms apparently outstretched in front of it and I could see its eyes reflecting back at me, greenish-yellow. I got that much of a glance and dropped down to the groibed in my bare feet we my hatchet in hand. When I looked back up I finally recognized it. It was a mule deer buck, covered in sores and dirt and skeletally thin, stumbling around on its hind legs and going from tree to tree snapping at leaves? Or own thing that that weren't there. Its breathing was super ragged and weird and its head was viti floppy on its neck, and as it got closer to me it fell down, making the crashing sound it had made before and then struggled back up. When it noticed me it froze, pissed a bunch, and then took off into the bushes. I was have laughed if I hadn't been so relieved and tired. I went to inspect my food bag and it looked like I hadn't tied it well nor high enough as it was down leaning against the trunk of the tree and it had had the ever-loving shit kicked out of it. There were bent and scuffed bits all over my beer locker. I figure it must have had CWD or something, but Christ did that F with me. I marked a few spots with Eric's pushed into the mud so I could find the tracks in the morning dried off and slept for a few hours. I ended up searching around the place for a while in the morning and it had already been muddy as I was putting up my shelter. Here's the thing, I found deer prints from where it had come in and left, but outside my clearing, from the direction I had heard it coming I only found one print, a lot smaller than my feet, in size 11 and flat-footed, with a high arch and only three toes, and it was in deep, deeper than my prints no other tracks that I could find. I caught the rotting meat smell a few more times on the way back. I was supposed to go two days further in and then turn a orange and I decided to just head back to my car. I actually heard the thumping as I was getting back to where I parked and I ended up hustling the rest of the way. I haven't hiked on that trail since, if I'm being honest. Part 2. I had a self-rescue I had to do in the Laramie Peak Range. I lost my gear and map and shelter in a windstorm. Took a few days to get out, had some deeply unpleasant experiences along the way. This isn't that story. It sucked ass, but not all that scary, I kept a cool head. Typically that's who I am. I'm the person who stays calm in crisis, and I mention that to give you a litmus test for what it takes to freak me out, to make me lose my cool. This is about a time when I had all my gear but I couldn't keep my cool. There are a lot of cool little trails in Colorado, some well known, some only locals know. There are mountains and forests for days out there. In 2013, we got torrential downpours in September along the eastern slope. It was squelchy as shit for a while, and then a glorious mushrooming boom happened. I love mushrooms, I love to forage take one leave three, and my absolute favorite is the bolitus rubriceps. The conditions weren't exactly right, but I thought. Why not? I gave it a shot. I'm not saying where my spot is. Wild horses couldn't etc. I will say I also have the native hazel there, some actually fruiting manzanita, watermelon berry, twist stalk clasp leaf, currants, rose hips, raspberries, strawberries, and are frequently oysters, morels, hawk's wings, puffballs, the big ones in one meadow. Milky caps, chicken of the woods and chicken of the road. And the only chanterelles I've found in the region all in a glorious few acres. It's wonderful. I had dispersed camp there. This is where I went, no brainer. Now it's fall, even if it's somewhat early fall, so I know that Yogi and Boo Boo are gonna be out stuffing it for the winter, so I've got my spray, and my uncle's lever action 44 Mag Henry. Girlfriend at the time was supposed to come with but couldn't get off work, so solo it was. I figured I could practice some firecraft, maybe build a chair, maybe a smoker, and in general just have a nice few days out. I went up early in the morning, hiked about 7 miles in, set up my shelter, set up to enjoy the rare luxury of a real fire in Colorado later, and started to do my stuff, set up a couple rods with bells, got out my baskets and set up my dryer in its shelter far away from my sleeping tarp shelter.
I was squelching around with my foraging gear out in a few minutes and having a blast. I marched happily along pretty much until dusk, and then pulled out my headlamp and kept going well past I should have, but damn did I get a haul. It was an incredible spread, and I left plenty for the woodland critters. I got back to my camp, started cleaning and drying, and probably didn't get to my dinner until 1 in the morning. I had caught two brook trout of reasonable size, gutted M, and let M hang in a bug net knees of the creek for the next day. Figured it was cold enough that they'd be okay. I got back to my little dinky tarp shelter around 3 a.m., and went inside, toweled off, and passed out. I awoke around 10 a.m. or so the next day and the woods were silent. I mean no birds, no bugs. Wind in the branches, nearby brook gurgling, and that's it. Usually Terry's something. I decided to be cautious and go about my business. My camp was exactly as I had left it, except for two things. The first was there was a branch, about two feet long, thick as a wrist, laid against the tree my pack was tied to. It had been gnawed, like by a beaver, on both ends, which I've heard of but have never seen before or since. It had no bark on it, but still was green wood. Had to have been left there, but to what end I have no idea. Unsettling? Sure. Freaky? Not really. I wasn't scared, actually my first thought was I must have picked it up and forgotten about it, and I put it out of my mind and went to collect my fish, which hopefully were still there and weren't rotten or nasty yet. I got into sight of them, or rather, the bug net they were in. They were gone. Bug net was loose but intact it's the drawstring bag shaped kind, and empty, and both fish heads were still hanging in there but the rest of the fish were gone. Okay. Probably another person, then. Someone is giving me the Scooby-Doo treatment. I had a bunch of charcoal from the fire and there was a nice big rock next to my fishing spot so I scrawled on there if you're hungry, come say hi and I'll share my meal, with an arrow pointing roughly towards my camp. Grumpy more than unsettled now. I guess weird beaver branch is a trade for my fish? Whatever. I went to check on my drying shrooms and my berry cooler and lo and behold, everything under the tarp is untouched. However, I hadn't swept out any of the debris beneath it. Why bother? Well, now there was no debris beneath my tarp. Just straight dirt and rocks. Weird, again. I started looking more seriously for tracks, and find nothing. Probably debris swept out from under my shelter was covering them. F it. Not here to play junior detective, I'm here to frolic in the woodlands and collect responsible amounts of treasured forageables, god damn it. I shake it off, go back to the creek to set my lines again, and I notice my bells are gone. Okay. I couldn't remember if they had been there that morning or not, so I assumed they were taken the previous night. I had only tied the rods to the tree after all, it was easy grabbing. I went back to my tarp made some food and coffee, shook it off and went about my business. Now, here's the somewhat embarrassing thing, I know to make noise in the woods if bears can be around, and I like to sing. This isn't the same as singing well or singing manly shanties and viking epic poems. This is, by and large, singing whatever had been playing on the speakers at my job. So, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Florence and the Machine, Lord. You get the picture. Also, I'm a bass. Whatever, don't judge me. Stuff is designed to be catchy. So, I went back on my rounds, and I found some fire morels or ash morels, which are a really rare treat. I was really excited, there are hundreds of them, and it's super late for them to show up. They're my favorite morels. I set about to collecting some, and kept myself company by singing. Alright. I was singing Bad Romance, by one Stefani Germanata. I know. I got to the wo o o o o part, if you've heard it you know it, when I heard what sounded like someone harmonizing. Like I said, I'm a bass, but this was higher, tenor or alto and muted by distance a little. It was also completely and undeniably wrong. Scratchy, gravelly, almost buzzy, syllables weird and clipped and disjointed 
and a little off-key and off-rhythm. Uncanny valley for sounds. I shut up immediately and froze, and it continued for a moment, and then stopped. I was experiencing a little bit of what my friends always call pucker butt, and started to slowly reach back behind for my Henry on its strap, and I heard a single sudden yelp or bark or something and some rustling from somewhere uphill of me, behind the tree line. I take a few breaths, assuming I had freaked the other party out as much as they did me, and force myself to relax. I keep small binos on me and I scan the tree line but I didn't see anything. I thought, this is probably whoever took my fish, probably someone squatting out here. I'm gonna keep my head on a swivel some but if they were gonna be a problem I feel like they already would have confronted me or taken a pot shot or something. It also occurred to me, finally, that I could have just been hearing some weird echo. That thought gave me a little more peace and calm than I had a few minutes before, although it didn't explain the yelp, but normal animal activity does. Hooray rationalizing. I decide that that is enough morels, and I do not want to be drying them after dark so I head back to camp, and get to making that happen. Am I an idiot? Maybe. I really didn't want to go home. I love wet weather, I've grown up in high deserts my whole life, and getting to really see some green that late in the year is such a treat. I wanted to stay, creepy bullshit be damned. I had had moments where my brain had tricked me before, and I talked myself into believing that it was happening again. I kept singing to myself, more quietly than I was before, sea is titanium, and it happens again. The weird buzzy higher voice joins in, again from a distance, and again, I feel the bottom drop out of my stomach. I know this probably just sounds creepy because I thought I was alone, but it's hard to convey how off-sounding this was. It was fairly close to what I had been singing, but like it was coming up out a culvert or so on thing, and a few octaves higher. Just as buzzy and clicky and hoarse sounding. If you've ever heard a tornado, or a parrot talking, or squeaking brakes, or a train whistle, you'll get a sense of the qualities this voice had. It's a pitch a human can emulate with their throat, but the texture and shape of the sound aren't really how we sound. Like that. I was not having it at all. I shut up immediately again, and this time got the Henry off my back and looked around me. I figured this had to be somebody messing with me. Not unheard of for good foraging spots, look up the fights over huckleberry patches if you don't believe me, but definitely my first time. Again, the singing continued for a moment after I stopped, again from uphill and further in the woods, and definitely in a direction I hadn't gone yet. I called out, announced myself and asked them to answer please. Nothing. Tried again, nothing. Silence again. And since I'm listening, I notice it again. Just wind in the trees and the creek. No animal noises. No bugs. My head had felt a little squeezy so I decided I needed to check the weather when I was sure I wasn't gonna get shot or something, maybe a storm was rolling in. Bingo. I had headed over to a clearing and for sure, storm was rolling in, as always hard to judge speed but it wasn't a bad idea to see about reconfiguring my tarp and having an early bedtime. Again, a little more at peace, since I figure any more bullshit from my apparent neighbor is gonna be less likely. I went back to my fishing rods, lucked out and found I had caught a bigger trout than the night before. I gutted it, cooked it, and ate it on the spot, those of you in the know know it's hard to beat. I collected some water for the next day, packed up my foraging stuff and lashed it all to trunk, and decided to call it there before dusk was on its way in. I set up my tarp in a lower to the ground, more wind-resistant configuration and set up a spare. Older one is a kind of rainfly over the entrance. It's worth noting that this was an old lightweight silver-colored nylon backpacking tarp, fairly thin set up facing the clearing, since likely the worst wind would be coming from there. It also pretty much blocked my view of the clearing. I did another Widowmaker check, all good, made a hot cocoa and tucked in just as it was starting to come down. It came down hard. I had to put in some earplugs. Lightning was frequent and loud, and I didn't stay particularly dry and didn't get much sleep. It was, 
All in all one of the most unpleasant AMD awe-inspiring nights I had had camping. Somewhere in the middle of the night I thought I heard slash felt something bounce off my tarp, kind of behind me. Well, not that weird. It happens in storms. Figured it was a branch. Then a few minutes later I see something, maybe a stone, about the size of a plum, bounce off of my tarp, off the rain fly and land in front of me. I get my headlamp turned on and sure as shit, it's a rock. Rouged but not symmetrical or spherical, and smooth. A river rock. Rocks don't fall off trees as a rule and if this storm had picked one this roundup I should have been airborne. Then another one a few minutes later, similar trajectory. Then nothing but the storm for a while. What am I gonna do? Investigate and get soaked? I had my gun, and if shit was gonna go down I was about as ready as I could be. I turned my headlamp back off. I then got treated to pretty much the most awe-inspiring amount of lighting I have ever seen in my life. The sky is lit up for seconds at a time, the earplugs were not protecting me from the thunder and my ears are ringing. I keep seeing the trees from the edge of the tree line and the clearing projected, in shadow form, onto my rainfly over and over again, dancing this way and that. It was really beautiful and if kind of inherently scary, also exhilarating. I really couldn't look away. Then, pretty clearly, I saw what looked like a person, walking along the tree line, outlined against the trees and my rainfly by the lightning. They were walking weirdly, not running from cover to cover but just kinda strolling a little unsteadily, like a drunk person. The silhouette wasn't bulky, and for some reason I got the impression they weren't wearing clothes or if they were it was very very tight. Not like rain gear. They stopped, and whether or not they were facing me or the clearing I couldn't tell you, but I felt watched and very exposed. The figure stood, swaying a little, probably being pushed around by the winds, and just looked at whatever they were looking at. I got little glimpses here and there, as the lightning flashed, but they didn't appear to be moving much. It was pretty freaky, and I didn't move except to get my gun in front of me. Then I had another rock land on my tarp, bounce off and land in front of me. That was a bad moment. Lightning had stopped for a bit, and the thunder had died down for a moment. I had horrible, slow realization that I was very likely surrounded. Then I heard, cutting through the ringing in my ears and momentary silence, clear as it had been earlier but sounding much closer, the chorus from titanium from behind my tarp. If you don't know the words, here they are, I'm bulletproof, nothing to lose, fire away, fire away. Ricochet, you take your aim, fire away, fire away. Then nothing. I looked back towards the front and realized I didn't see that figure projected by the lining anymore, now that there was a lull in the lightning. I remember thinking shit 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 just over and over again. I basically was going to have to crawl out of my tarp to get on my feet and there was pretty much no way I was gonna stay in my shelter anymore. I counted down from 10, and then pushed myself out, and got to my feet, Henry in hand, and let out the loudest yell I could. I think I said something like knock it off. Im armed. F off. I was not in a good headspace. I was about as freaked out as I had ever been up to this point, and this was not all that long after the dear thing I mentioned in my other post. I was about ready to shit myself. I looked around the back of my tent with my light and didn't see anything. Nobody. Just rain pissing down. I walked around the front of my tarp. Nobody. I could clearly see into clearing until my light got swallowed up by the rain. I walked around the edge of my little camp, stick jaying close to my tarps, and I didn't see anybody. I wish I could say I checked out the tree line for footsteps, but I didn't. I tried to yell again and my voice was completely in my throat. Another rock hit my shelter and bounced off, squarely in the cone of my headlamp, and I won't lie to you all, I lost it. I fired my Henry into the dirt about 10 feet in front of me, and I heard some immediate rustling in the woods, uphill from me again. I yelled aom dumb panic bullshit, and though f me if I know why, I ducked into my tarp again wrapped up as much as I could and huddled up with my gun. Eventually the storm broke, 
followed by dawn, and I got up to pack up my shit and get out of there. I was pretty shaky, and it took me a while to get my various gear all in hand and brought up to my shelter. I- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It took a few moments to gather up the round river stones, and I noted I didn't see any like with this even in the creek, and definitely none sitting around the ground. The debris is too thick. My shelter was the farthest back thing in the woods of the various stations around the camp, except for my pack, which had a garbage bag over it. When I went around back the tarp to grab it, there were two more little sections of sapling, green wood, chewed looking ends, bark stripped again, just like before, leaning against the trunk below it. Nope. Not okay. It took me a second to go get my pack. I was that freaked out that I was now afraid of sticks. One my first night and two the second? Nope. F that. I finally got myself under control and went to grab my pack, and again, I had a powerful sense of being watched. I shook off the cover, packed it in Q dry bag and turned a orn to get my stakes out of the ground and pick up my tarp. There was a whole, ripped open dead rabbit on the back edge of my tarp. The rain had washed off any blood that would have been on it but the carcass was just splayed out there, like it had landed on it after being thrown and then slid down the slope of it. It was fresh enough it didn't stink, and the digestive tract hadn't been punctured. I was instantly and totally numb. Mental dial tone. I picked it up with a stick, dropped it on my swamped. Out fire pit, yanked my tarp out of the ground one stake at a time, balled it up, yanked my rainfly out of its lashings hard enough to rip it, grabbed the rest of my shit, loosely shoved it all in my pack, put my Henry so it hung in front of me and power walk slash jogged my way out of there until I couldn't anymore and breathlessly walked the rest of the way to my car. I got in, drove about 20 minutes, and then had to pull over to throw up a few times and have a panic attack. I have never been back there alone, and definitely not unarmed. Even then, I only went back in 2017. I still can't listen to that song without feeling sick. I know, rationally that it was probably squatters or somebody up there messing with me, but the same question keeps coming up, why didn't they need lights? My brother and two friends were hunting by Troy Orr. At 2pm when they heard a loud scream that he described as like a cross between a man screaming bloody murder and a very pissed off bear. The sound lasted 8 minutes. It scared all three so bad that one of my brother's friends literally had to sit down and cry. Imagine that, all three men with high-powered rifles reduced down to little boys. My brother is the manliest man I know. He has hunted everything in God's creation but even he was shook up. Now. My grandma used to take me camping when I was a child, and I did a girls camp in the summer in the mountains when I was a preteen where my friends and I would often wander off into the woods together. As a child, I played in the woods for hours with my brother. It was always fun and always felt safe and never eerie or creepy. Most of my time in the woods as a child and a teen was joyful, fun, and adventurous. I'd like to share another experience where a friend and I had a bad feeling, others dismissed us, and there ended up being a reason why. When we were in our 20s, a friend of mine in DC organized a women's survivalist training camp for a group of our female friends, maybe 7 to 8 of us. I can't remember, I had never been to West Virginia, but the land was beautiful and the roads were terrible. We had rented a cabin at a campground with multiple cabins on site, and during the day, Our guide and teacher would take us out and teach us cool things, like local medicinal plants, or how to make rope out of milkweed. 
a West Virginian extended family was having a large family reunion at the same time, and two to three of their girls about elementary school age started hovering around our classes, to be around the big girls, I assume, so cute, and they already knew most of what we were learning. We had a great time in the woods and on the land with no creepiness the first night, nights? I can't remember. On the last night, the owner of the campground had a big bonfire with hot dogs and marshmallows to roast and cider, and everyone who was renting a cabin was invited. It was after dark, and it was either a longish walk or a short drive, but on the campground land, so my friend A and I decided to walk. We were having a nice walk and a nice chat, when suddenly we got a bad feeling, and we both went quiet at the same time. We acted nonchalant, but glanced around to see what we could see. On our right was a cabin that looked deserted. It was totally dark, no lights on, no lantern out, but there was a single spot of light, the red embers of a cigarette burning. We could barely make out the figure of a man, sitting there in the dark, smoking. We stayed quiet, but picked up the pace. We checked in with each other once we approached the big house and were finally in the light of the bonfire. Was that creepy to you? Yes, that was creepy to us. Had we felt creepy before out here? No, we had felt calm and safe. The land hadn't ever felt creepy to us before, but the guy sitting in the dark had given off a terrible menacing vibe, even 20 feet away, before we even saw him. We told some of our friends, and they just laughed it off and told us we had been afraid for no reason. It was perfectly safe here, they said. He was just another camper, probably with that West Virginian family. We were just paranoid, they said. Other than that, we had a great time at the bonfire, chatting with other campers and with the owners, who were very nice. When it came time to call it a night, the owners offered to drive us back, and A and I happily agreed, wanting to avoid another walk by that terrible cabin. We got back safely, without incident, and the owners wished us good night. Now our cabin had two levels, the ground floor and a loft level. The ground floor was one big open room with a few beds, and if I recall correctly, a table and chairs and a fridge and maybe a stove. I was on the ground floor with about three other girls, and A was on the loft level with two to three other girls. I often have insomnia, and I did that night, so I just stayed awake in the dark while everyone else fell asleep around me. I was awake for hours just thinking my thoughts until I heard the crunch of gravel outside, like someone walking on it. I nudged my friend V, who was the closest person to me. V there's someone outside, V mumbled and told me it was just a deer and to go back to sleep. Okay. V was of no help. I got out of bed and crawled over to the window to see if I could see a deer outside, crunching on the gravel. I saw instead the red glow of a cigarette and could faintly make out the silhouettes of two men in the darkness. Now the cabins were not close together. They weren't far, but they weren't close. We were on a bend of the camp road where there weren't other cabins. The closest one was a short walk away, but it wasn't like running across the street or next door or anything, and not visible behind trees and brush. Anyway, the closest cabin was far enough away that there was no reason for two guys to be smoking about 100 feet behind our cabin in the dark. I nudged V again. V there's two guys out there. Shut up. It's a deer. Go to sleep. Now my boyfriend at the time had basically bought me all of our EI to go on this trip. Our guide had asked us to bring a large knife, and he had bought me a large hunting knife, but also a little camp hatchet. I don't know what I thought I'd be able to do with these, but I grabbed both, and just huddled under the window in the dark, waiting. Suddenly, a car alarm went off. All the cars were parked in front of the house. Groans came from the other girls. Shut your car alarm off. Whose car is that? It's not mine, I said, I think it's mine, found the key fob, and turned off the alarm. Silence. I sat in the dark and waited. Her car alarm went off again. The other girls lost it. A. Shut off your car alarm. I'm trying. She finally got it to shut off again. I crawled over to V. V there are guys out there, 
and I think they're messing with A's car. Shut up. It's just a deer. Go to bed and leave me alone. Okay then. The car alarm went off again. A. Shut off your car alarm. The other girls groaned. She did. The car alarm went off again. A. What is wrong with your alarm? Go out and fix it. She turned it off. I'll go out there, but will someone go with me? I will, I said. And I'm turning the lantern on, so for your information. I came down the ladder. I went up to her and whispered, A there are men out there and no one will believe me. They keep saying it's just deer, but I saw them smoking in the back. You can't go out there alone. I'm going to out first with the lantern so at least we can see around the cabin. We put our shoes on, and I turned the lantern on, and opened the door and walked onto the porch, lantern in my left hand, hatchet in my right. I hung the lantern up on a little hook on the porch. It was very bright, and lit up the whole clearing in front of the cabin and the whole little parking lot for the cars. For the moment at least, we couldn't see anyone there, nor any deer. I tentatively walked down the front steps, and walked around her locked car, trying the handles. No alarm went off as she tugged each one. She came back up the steps. Nothing. See, it wasn't a deer, I said. Even with you trying to get into your own car while it was locked, no alarm. Your alarm is not that sensitive. Someone was trying to break in. We went back into the house, locked the door behind us, turned off the lantern, and sat inside in the dark, waiting for our eyes to adjust. A told me she hadn't been able to sleep as well, and had been laying awake in the dark up in the loft, feeling uneasy before the first alarm went off. I told her I wondered if someone had tried to lure her out there alone in the dark, and had been spooked off when two of us came with both an extremely bright lantern and a hatchet. We stayed there together quietly chatting, in the dark, for hours, waiting to see if anything else would happen again. The car alarm did not go off again. Finally, enough time had passed that we decided to go to bed. The car alarm was quiet for the rest of the night. That was our last night there, so in the morning we packed up, and I drove back with A. If a zombie apocalypse were to ever happen, I'd pick A for my team, because she listened to her gut feeling, and worked with me as a team to keep each other safe. I write this to encourage people to listen to their gut feelings out in the woods. It could keep you safe. Smelled a strong ammonia and burning match smell out in the state forest. Made my dog sneeze. I walked up on it and found a blue tarp encampment guarded by at least one guy with a rifle. As I'm looking at him he looks right at me, but clearly didn't see me through the tree cover because I was at most 100 yards away. Dropped a pin on my phone, cut back around off trail to the other side, dropped another pin. When I got home I sent the location to the sheriff's department. They made no arrests but they seized the meth lab. Bob and I drove up and attempted to locate the Malala River site. I mistakenly thought it was before the Horse Creek turnoff, so we didn't find it. We instead found an area which we thought was the location, a small road which was closed off recently by a large dirt pile. There were people everywhere, so we decided to drive up Horse Creek Road in order to find a remote location to camp. We drove about 3 to 4 miles up Horse Creek Road and ended up on a brushy, tertiary road. It was a beautiful setting, the road was bordered by deciduous trees and our campsite was park-like under huge old-growth timber. Above us was a clear cut full of thistles. We picked up two plastic grocery bags worth of garbage, I was cursing the previous campers the entire time, and made camp. After a dinner of boiled hot dogs on the Coleman burner, fire season is in effect, we made coffee and sat back in our chairs to drink it. It was about 8.15, still very light out. A loud but somewhat distant roar came from east of camp from about one-fourth mile away. Within a minute's time it was answered by another roar from west of camp, right above us in the clear cut. The roars were deep, gravelly and powerful, the first was slightly higher pitched than the first, 
and slightly longer in duration. Bob and I grabbed our coffee and bolted for the Jeep on the second one. It was loud and close. We sat in the Jeep with the windows down, drinking our coffee and waiting for another sound. We heard nothing. No branches breaking, no answering calls. Nothing. I had the camcorder recording by now but had already missed the action. We were concerned that it might be bears, and debated whether to stay or go. We decided to stay, I thought it was unlikely that a bear would bother us if it hadn't already, and if it was a big guy, all the better. Nonetheless, I spent a very sleepless night in the tent. During the night, we heard a few branches breaking, but nothing very telling. The following morning, two bear hunters came by on quad runners. We told them of the sounds we'd heard. One of the hunters was of the opinion that we had somehow gotten between a sow bear and her cub. I inquired if he'd heard anything about Bigfoot sightings in the area. He chuckled, and said that although he didn't disbelieve in Bigfoot, he hadn't heard anything about Bigfoot in that area. We thanked them and they left. I walked up in the clear-cut area that the second, deeper roar came from and found no footprints, although the ground was soft and the dirt was bare. We decided, after packing up camp, to drive farther down the road towards Copper Creek. On a hunch, we pulled into a camping area on the right, and lo and behold it was the elusive Malala site. I recognized the trees from Steve and Teresa's photo. We made lunch and hung around for a bit. All the campers had left and we had the spot to ourselves. Bob pointed out the ridge across the valley, it was our camp spot. We were almost directly across the river from this spot the night before. We continued on down the road, trying to find Copper Creek. No luck. The map was not at all clear, never buy a Pittman's map. They're black and white and hand-drawn which makes it impossible for even a veteran map reader like me to distinguish between the roads and the rivers, and the road that we thought might be Copper Creek Road was gated off. We gave up, though I was very intrigued by the gravel pit camp spot described in the track record where the campers had witnessed small lights hovering above the trees and I desperately wanted to locate that spot. On September 20, 2001 at approximately 11.30 p.m. my wife was returning from Portland to the coast. She stopped at the rest area on Highway 26, which I believe is at about the 27-mile marker, to let our dog out. While there she heard what she described as an eerie scream coming from the southeast and lasting about 4 to 5 seconds. She said that it was far enough away that it didn't scare her. As described the scream would have come from across Highway 26 and in an area where there has been some activity, see reports under Clatsop County. I played the recordings on this website for her, and she said it sounded like Matt Moneymaker's Ohio recorded scream. Went for an afternoon hike once. At the top of the ridgeline I scrambled around a plateau of rocks to be on the other side facing another canyon, and off the trail to smoke a tiny bowl. This is already a quite secluded trail, maybe expect to see less than 5 people all day, it's like 12 noon and sunny. Nothing spooky slash special. Halfway through my bowl my dog goes full Razorback, Rottweiler slash Healer mix, and loses her ever-loving mind. Deep dark growl gets super skittish and won't go with me back around to the other side. I have to go ahead first and then command her to come past some invisible barrier. I think I even picked her up to get past a section of rock she refused to go past, but I wasn't going the other way around, since I didn't know what was their terrain or otherwise. I've got goosebumps on every part of my body and my hair standing up on my arms the whole time. Now I'm high and adrenaline got me spooked and paranoid. Based on everything and where we are, I'm thinking mountain lion. I get back on the trail and nope the F down the mountain. Some two weeks previous some transient teen with green hair had been reported missing in town, and thought to have tried hiking with her dog, wolf slash GSD mix, through the mountain range to a popular alpine lake on the leeward side. Her missing person poster was around town, and at the campsites down the canyon. Several days after my spook, 
they found her hanging from a tree just off the trail, and her wolf dog had been eating what he could reach of her legs slash torso. Don't know to this day if it was her scent slash wolf dog that spooked my dog, or a mountain lion, as I don't know exactly where they found her body, but it was somewhere close in the same area. But I am so glad I wasn't the one to find her. Hi, adrenaline pumping and on edge, dog razorback ready for war, coming around a corner to find a long green-haired corpse half-eaten by a dog and hanging from a tree would have been done. On June 4, 2001, I stopped at a beach north of Brookings, Oregon for my usual evening walk with my golden retriever. When we crossed the creek, near where it empties into the ocean, to get to the north and rugged end of the beach, my dog, who normally runs a block ahead of me froze. She did not wish to walk anywhere in this area. We turned around and took a walk on the south beach. At 7.15 p.m., Heading up the path to the parking lot, I happened to glance up at the steep hills on the north. I was stunned to see what appeared to be two very large men both dressed completely in black. I looked again to determine if they were a threat to me, and saw they were, in fact, covered in black, and it probably wasn't dark clothing. The figures walked in a hunched-over posture, one right in front of the other, arms swinging like apes, and taking very long strides. They seemed to see me and appeared to be coming toward me. I started to run to my Chevy Blazer. Partway there, I turned to see if I was being pursued, only to make eye contact with a large doe, perhaps less than 100 feet away. I did a 14er hike in October. I had a pair of combat boots, but they were summer boots and had very poor traction on ice. I knew this, so I went out and bought some yak tracks for the hike. They're absolute shit. They got snow stuck to them, so instead of my boots being rubber on ice, were ice on ice. In the whole hike, I slipped and fell 50 to 100 times. The yak tracks even began to fall apart a few miles in. By the time I got to around 13,000 feet, I noticed one was gone. That left me high in the snowy mountains with extra slippery boots. With the hardest part over, I made it to the summit. Then I had to descend with slippery boots and what was left of the yak track on one boot. I had to zigzag down a steep drop while following some footsteps of previous hikers. One slip in the wrong direction, and I wasn't stopping for a long ways. Roller Coaster Appalachian Trail Nobody else at the shelter Woke up early in the a.m., watch it died. Used a stick to tell the time, but daylight savings or no? So I knew it was between 7 and 9 a.m. Started hiking out because my daughter was picking me up that day at a predetermined location. I didn't pass or see anyone that whole day. I started thinking I hadn't seen anyone the day prior either. And that didn't seem normal because the roller coaster section had been pretty well traveled. Anywho my mind started messing with me and I started to think that an emergency had happened in the world and I was the only one left. Kept thinking I had to be close to the rendezvous point. Where is it? Map, map, gotta be close, where is it? Then I hear a car horn way up the mountain beep three times, so I scramble for my whistle and three short bursts in response. I hear my daughter scream mom. And I look up and she is running down the mountain screaming crying. I was late by 5 or 6 hours and she was terrified. I broke down and bought a cell phone after that this was about 6 years ago so I held out pretty long, anti-consumer. I think I just way overslept and mind screwed myself. I was glad to have a cell phone on subsequent hikes, even if it didn't work everywhere. Made me feel a bit safer about being a solo female traveler, and gave my daughter peace of mind while I was gone. I was hiking miles deep into the backcountry valleys and the society islands when I came across a cabin that was 90% completed but the tools and generator and everything was still there, 
Only everything was covered in vines as if the builder had suddenly stopped for a lunch break and hadn't returned for years. Even a small radio with the on switch still on sat on a nightstand with the batteries and metal components rusting out. Next to it was a fantastic antique pocket knife that I decided keep, passing up on the thousands of dollars of tools and other valuables. As I made my way back towards the single track path I entered a clearing and was immediately circled by two wild dogs. They were greasy, dark black with wild yellow eyes and vicious snarling teeth. I flipped out the knife as they began to lunge toward me, making small doves toward my legs. I swiped at one and aggressively stomped toward the other. This continued for 20 to 30 seconds but felt like an eternity. Soon they slowly retreated as I became more and more pumped with adrenaline, making actual attempts to stab them by now. I yelled as loud as I could and stomped even more and they finally retreated and scattered into the jungle. Out hiking the Wonderland Trail in 2012 my trailmate and I had an encounter with a rather standoffish park ranger who questioned us to a severe degree. After answering her questions to her satisfaction, she relaxed and informed us that there was a killer on the mountain and they were trying to hunt this guy down. He'd already killed a park ranger and had taken food and supplies from other hikers. We had no idea this had been going on. The next few nights were sleepless. We never saw the guy, but we also have no idea if maybe he'd seen us. I was hiking alone once and on my way back after a peaceful and pleasant day when I just hit a wall. I wasn't tired, it was pure dread, like I was being watched and suddenly had a sense of not making progress, like my car, the trailhead were no longer there. Also started to feel like if I stopped I would hear or see something that I wasn't supposed to. And the smell was just. Off. There is this certain smell in the northeast woods sometimes that smells like rotting, fermentation of plant matter, I want to say it's cattails maybe but I don't think that's it. It's really hard to describe other than it's very distinct and sort of comes out of nowhere especially in the summer and when the wood feel quiet. It's always made me afraid for some reason which sounds stupid, but the smell just takes over everything and feels wrong. Like the normal, natural plants smell off because they are decomposing around a body. Twenty fifteen, I was packing up camp in the Catalinas east of Tucson an hour or so after dark and all of a sudden the sky lights up and about one third of my field of view looking up was bright. It kind of seemed like there was a projectile at the center but it was hard to tell what I was seeing. No cell service, so we weren't sure if Phoenix had been nuked or what else may have happened. It turned out to be a Titan? Missile launched from a submarine off the coast of California and it was very lightly reported at the time and none of the scant few videos I've found, even ones filmed from California do justice to what I saw. We weren't full on panicked about what it was, but it was very unsettling to see. As a child in Wyoming, Playing in a creek bed with my sisters and heard rustling in the bushes on the bank directly across from us. We look up just as a baby moose pokes it head out. We were savvy enough to know mom was nearby, and a breath later she too pokes her head out of the bushes. She was so big, leaning out of the bushes her neck and head spanned the creek bed. I do not remember running for the car. But my mom says she turned around to see what the fuss was and all four of us and our dogs were back in the truck. Wonderful experience, mom moose and baby were beautiful, but the mother was also huge and terrifying. I think my heart stopped until we were back in the car. I went to paradise on Mount Reiner and took a little bit of shrooms. I walked up to Panorama Point and just suddenly felt freezing cold so I walked back down and made it back to my car. During the busy season overflow parking for Paradise goes to the picnic area. I was not capable of driving for about another hour. I opened Netflix and was going to watch some trailer park boys. 
There was a large family of about 40 Middle Eastern people having a picnic in front of my car. And the kids were running in between the cars and playing. They kept putting their fingers where the door ends and the driver's side glass starts and peeking into my car and giggling and running away. Needless to say I had to get out of there. So I took my bag and walked to a quiet spot and set up the hammock and watched the sunset. I was in the Mission Mountains in Montana hiking to a lake and not even a quarter mile and I heard something in front of me. I looked up and saw the biggest brown ball I've seen, lucky it was running away. You could hear this beast feet hitting the ground, thundering through the forest. I'm almost certain it could have been a grizzly because I saw a black bear in the area the day before and was no comparison to size. So anyway I carried on to Lucifer Lake, and on my way back walking in the dark, there was another animal that I could not see but ran across the trail behind me and stop under a tree I could hear it rustling around all aggressively and stop and I could tell it was just staring at me in the dark. So I pulled the trusty point .357 and bear spray out and got the F out of there. This was my first time to the lake and was by myself. We heard three loud whoops and a howl almost like a dog but different. None of our dogs barked but were very still and quiet which is unusual. The pattern repeated itself with variations for about two minutes. We thought it might be drunk graduates at first but our friend who had left for a midnight four-wheel drive said no one was camped above us on the mountain. The next night all the others in camp heard loud screams but I was dead asleep. There were five children and four adults in camp both nights. We looked in the meadow and along the creek that runs through our camp spot but never found any signs. Then again we did not know what to look for besides footprints. None of us have ever heard the noises before and some of us have been in the woods camping frequently since childhood. We are all in our mid-thirties. We had all went to bed about two to three hours earlier after just talking around the campfire. We put all the kids to bed about 9.30 p.m. It was so loud it woke the kids up. It sounded very close. <laughs>